Open your eyes and look into the darkness. Something strange is moving. Something grave and sinister. Something paranormal. Something ghostly. That sends shivers down your spine. It is children with cult class with your house, Caitlin. I'm your host, Caitlin, and this is where we talk about everything spooky, strange, and unexplained. We have had quite the day. Oh my gosh. We finished our Christmas shopping. The holidays are here, guys. Oh my gosh. It was like Home Goods was. Un- it, it's unreal. There, I think every person in the state was in Home Goods today. Home goods, oh Dick's Sporting Goods. Where else did we go? We to Cab- Cabela's. I mean, just everybody was out everywhere. Oh my goodness, there were so many people. I haven't seen that many people, and I don't know how long. Ever? <laughs> <laughs> no, really. We're kind of like no. home homebody people. I mean, that was a lot. Yeah, of convenience is really nice. You don't really got to go to a lot of places, but you know, we did today, and we got our fill for a long time. Oh my gosh, it was just like. You know, lines and lines and like broken, like everything I picked up, I felt like as a gift was like broken somehow everywhere we went, like chipped or like out of the box. Like so many people was handled it. Yeah, like everything was just chaos. Uh Oh my goodness. (laughs) So we of course got, treated ourselves to five guys because we deserved it. Had to do it. Oh Oh, yeah. And how good was that? The best. My favorite burger, I think. It's the best burger, I think. You know, and the Cajun fries. Oh, the only Fries. Fried. Fries. Yeah, it's been a day for sure. No, those are the only fries to do. I mean, regular fries, I guess, but... If you don't like spicy. Or fun. Yeah. Or, or fun. <laughs> we're being spicy today. We're, t- we're tired. We're, we're over it. Um, I hope you guys are all having a good holiday season and that you aren't running ragged buying gifts and uh, going crazy with you know, whatever, family plans, all the plans. I hope that, um, yeah, you guys are just having a nice time and it's not too much. It's the happiest time of the year. It's the happiest time of the year. (laughs) Doesn't everybody know that? Right. And if it is too much, you know what? Listen to our podcast about UFOs and weird stuff and don't even think about the holidays. Think about Santa. Sometimes I think about Santa as like, actually, he's just like manning a UFO yep. and that's what's happening. Cool, and he's that. just an alien because I mean, like who has animals that fly a, a craft through the sky? That's a, that's a really good point. That, that's a really good point. What I'm saying, I don't know why that's not been discussed on any of these television shows or Seriously, anything. Seriously, Santa Claus is just an alien. Yeah. I love it. I mean, he. I mean, for all we know, and all the alien shows we've seen in movies and stuff, they could look just like us. I, you know what? Who would even know? Who would, and he only eats cookies. And he get, goes down. He he. It is elves. Come on, come on. <laughs> if anything is alien esque, it's the elves. <laughs> it's like. What's happening with them? They're like eight hundred years old. What, why are they so old? And yeah. they all live on sugar. And the reindeer are like trained. 
but they also fly. I, yeah, whatever. You're starting to make a lot of sense over here. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if it's like my tiredness or the five guys or what, but <laughs> I've, I've had this theory. Anyway, Nick and I started our new business. That's what we've been up to the last yes. week. Uh, we, you guys know we love the outdoors. That's another thing we did today. We mm -hmm. went out this morning at 5 a.m. and sat in the trees, but uh, we started our outdoor business, Nightwalker Outdoors. That's right, nightwalkeroutdoors.com. Go check it out. Follow us yeah. on Instagram, yeah, YouTube, Instagram. Facebook. Go give us a like, guys. We named it Nightwalkers because, or Nightwalker Outdoors, because uh, normally the most stealthy, biggest bucks in does and like the most survivalist right. animals yeah. uh, walk at night a lot of the time. They're nocturnal, yeah, yes. yeah, they're really night. They're night walkers for sure. So and then of course I thought of the name because then I thought well it also could be zombies. Zombies. It could be vampires. Vampires. You know, so it's it's got multiple meanings, Absolutely. but mainly it's big bucks and the people component too. All you guys out there that you know hustle really hard, you work at night, you know. The, oh yeah. You know that's those another. are you can check out our bio, but that's what we thought. We figured early mornings, late nights. It's that hard work mentality. Yep. Absolutely. That's what we love. All so. trying to survive. Yeah. Oh. Oh, the deer trying to survive. We're trying to survive. We're all trying to survive, guys. It's been a long day, okay? <laughs> Never I stop trying, guys. I hope your holiday shopping is going okay. Uh, <laughs> so check out Nightwalker. Uh, we're so pumped about it. it it's so our, our sort of our dream come true. But um, anyway, I had a wonderful opportunity to sit down with our friend Ryan Sprague. He is such an awesome guy. And we just talked about UFOs and different stuff like that. He is the host of Somewhere in the Skies podcast. He is an author. He is a guest on Ancient Aliens and Mysteries Decoded on The CW. He's just a really special person. It was a wonderful treat sitting down with him and just absorbing all of his knowledge because he's been researching and putting so much work into his uh, interests for so long. Uh, also, Nick just pulled up his podcast handle on Instagram, so you can go follow him at somewhere. What is it? At somewhere skies pod on Instagram. Give it a follow. He does awesome stuff. Yeah, he's he's so so rad. And then when we um, talk about movie club, I wanted to plug this week's movie club choice because Ryan and I don't discuss it in the movie club section. This week's movie club choice. Oh, Nick's giving up on me with the drum roll. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is The Thing from the... 1982. It is a classic, and I picked it to just get us through the Christmas and December, and it is a snowy, cold sci-fi thriller that is perfect for the winter. I can't I wait to watch it. I, yes. I don't think, I'm pretty certain I've never seen it. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Okay. I know, I know they did a remake that I like know flopped, and that's all I know about this whole like. Yeah, I show. don't think I've ever seen the remake, but uh, 1982, The Thing. That is this week's movie club pick, and we can't wait to watch it. Can't wait. We're gonna go to sleep soon. <laughs> <laughs> but first, here's my interview with Ryan. <laughs> Well, hello. It is our scary guest of the week, 
This Chillin' with Cult Class interview is proudly brought to you by Nightwalker Outdoors. Love the outdoors and fitness? Check out Caitlin and Nick's business at Nightwalker Outdoors on Instagram and on their website, nightwalkeroutdoors.com. Enjoy the interview. Ryan, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you, Caitlin. It's my pleasure. I've been a huge fan for a while now, and finally... We connected, our, our ship stopped passing in the night, and uh, we're making it happen. So thank you for having me. Oh, um, thank you for being here. I love your podcast, Somewhere in the Skies. It's incredible work. You do you. Uh, just incredible work in the UFO community, and um, I just really respect everything you do. It's so well done, too. It's not, uh, it's dynamic. Like you were just talking, we were talking off the air about your witness accounts and your interviews. We, I, I've listened to those and you have all kinds of cool guests. And so can you tell us a little more about Somewhere in the Skies and just, and just what you do, like what your passion is? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I kind of live, breathe, sleep UFOs. <laughs> uh, that's kind of been my life. And that's what drew me to your, your artwork is a lot of the the flying saucer and sort of UFO style stuff that you do. And um, I started Somewhere in the Skies, my podcast, back in 2016. This was actually right after my first book had come out that I had written, uh, which was a book under the same title, Somewhere in the Skies. And that was a book where I traveled the United States and actually interviewed people in all walks of life who'd seen UFOs or uh, claimed even like close encounters or alien abductions even uh, it was a it was a crazy journey it was cool it was weird it was awkward it was scary um, but I somehow made a book out of it and it um, you know it went over pretty well so I thought how can I continue this work because there were so many stories that I had gotten for the book that just I, I couldn't I couldn't fit it all mm. uh, so I decided why not start a podcast? <laughs> so I actually, you know, I just bought a microphone, I pushed record and and hoped for the best. And yeah. now we're up to almost 300 episodes. I've never missed a single week. And wow. um, it's been a crazy journey. Yeah. That's incredible. And then what inspired your interest in UFOs? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I do have an origin story. And... It started with a a sighting. I, I had a UFO sighting. I am one of those people wow. that I write about. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I, I can share it if you want. It's totally up to you. I, I'd love that. If you're willing to share it, we would love to hear it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and it never gets easier to tell. But um, in memory's faulty. So there's a lot of stuff I don't remember about that yeah. night. I was 12 years old when it happened. However, uh, there are certain things that do stick out to me. Um, it was summer. It was in uh, central New York, actually, where I grew up. And I was fishing off a dock at a motel that I was staying at with my family. Okay. And it was turning dark, so I'm reeling my line in. And um, <laughs> the other thing I, I specifically remember is I was listening to a Discman, like a portable CD player at the time. Oh, and it was, um, yeah, I know, that brings you back to the yeah. 90s, right? And it was uh, Green Day of all bands. Oh my gosh, even better. Yeah. yeah. Yep, even better, even more 90s. 
and it was the best, uh, excuse me, the Dookie album, and it was the oh. Basket Case song. So those are the kind of weird things I remember, which is which is crazy. Uh, and so yeah, I'm just kind of rocking out, reeling my line in, and I saw these um, these lights in the water, and I was like, "What the? What is that?" So I like lean down and look into the water. I'm like leaning off the dock that I was fishing off of, and I realized that the lights were a, ref- a reflection. <laughs> so I actually I flip over and I look up in the sky and. Um, that was kind of when my life changed. I I saw a triangle. Um, for any of your viewers, wow. you can actually see I had this little model made of what I saw that night. Oh um, wow! Yeah. So it's it was, for anybody listening. It's kind of like a it's a triangle with uh, three white lights at each point, and then a red light in the center. So, exactly. Okay. Yep. So uh, I do like to tell people I didn't see like the actual machinery of like a craft, but I saw that formation of lights um, and I couldn't see the stars behind it. So I figured whatever it was, was like a structured craft of some sort, Um, but it wasn't making any noise. It was completely silent. I'd like ripped my headphones off at this point. Uh, All I could hear was the water hitting the dock and it's crazy. It, it was just floating above my head, completely silent and wow. huge and so low. And I just, I was terrified. I, I didn't know what to do. I, um, I actually yelled for my dad. So he was inside our motel room. Door was open. He was watching a New York Yankees game. And I yelled like 10 times and couldn't get this guy away from baseball. I was going to say, if he's a Yankees fan, he's not leaving that TV. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you have no idea. Um, (laughs) But he finally did. I I yelled enough and he thought I'd fallen in the water. So he comes running out and uh, he actually saw it with me. So I wasn't alone. That's nice. Yeah, I had another witness, which changes everything. You know, you're... Someone else saw it. You're not crazy. Um, and then the other thing I really remember was looking at him as he was watching it and seeing the look on his face. And it was just pure, like, dumbfounded and speechless. Like, he couldn't tell me what it was. I'm, like, yeah. looking to my dad to be like, Dad, tell me this is a blimp or right. lane. What is yeah. going on here? And uh, he couldn't. And we both just kind of watched and it it floated over the water and disappeared on the other side of this river that I'd been fishing off of. And um, that's kind of it. I I had nightmares about seeing that thing for years Mm -hmm. and um, kind of became obsessed with it unhealthily, (laughs) you know, and I would go to the library and take out books on like UFOs and and stuff like that. And writing these phantom essays to myself about ufo cases and um mm-hmm. and it was just a crazy journey I, after that i interviewed my first ufo witness a year later when i was 13 and wow. um that was i just hit the ground running after that that's yeah. when i knew that's what i wanted to do i wanted to interview people who've seen ufos and ultimately how it impacted their lives wow and you you do an amazing job of that every week and so everybody check out somewhere in the skies podcast check out ryan's books um but so it was totally silent that's my question yes now uh i remember a sort of 
how can I ex- describe it? A humming, but not mm. like not in my head, but like in my body, like almost like a vibration wow. that okay. was going on. So I don't know if it like had to do with the UFO or if it was just like terror, adrenaline. Yours, yeah. But it was so weird. I, I felt almost like out of body as wow. this thing was happening, and yeah. everything seemed it just seemed off like time was going slow and things were silent and um i was going through all these different emotions like super quick so i can't explain it um again it wasn't even like the craft or the ufo itself it was everything that i felt and was sort of experiencing during the event that really stuck with me yeah wow that's scary that's kind of scary because you're in the middle of like nowhere it's not like you know it's one thing when you're near a a military base it's like you know i grew up um my dad worked for the navy or for the dod and so i grew up near washington dc and so and we had a bunch of airports so there's a lot of planes and stuff so if we saw anything just slightly off it was like oh maybe that's a military thing or something but when you're in the middle of like i live in the middle of the woods now and it's like if you see something you're like what's happening <laughs> because Why nothing comes here <laughs> like it's like you know it's, i'm actually up in connecticut not far from the middle of new york and it's uh there's nothing going on it was scary um you know, and it is these events in people's lives are pretty scary sometimes, yes. especially like when you can't understand what you're looking at. I had no right. frame of reference for right. whatever that thing was. I knew what planes were. I, but like I knew things were supposed to make noise or yeah. not just float effortlessly. Like they gradually glide. A plane can't just float in midair. Right. Uh, it wasn't a helicopter. There were no sounds there was no blinking lights nothing like that so i i can't tell you what it was i honestly yeah. can't and would you say if you had to say how big you thought and i don't know if you've ever answered this or if you could but how big you thought it was or maybe from light you know corner light to corner light how many yards or how big you thought maybe over your head like approximately yeah like as big I, as an airplane maybe just like reference like two airplanes I would say it was probably, I mean, it was low. It was very Mm. low. So I'm going to say it was probably a little bit bigger than like your average commercial flight. Uh, Not like one of those huge 747s, but like something smaller. Um, But again, it's hard. I was 12. I didn't really have the analytical skills I had hoped for Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the time. Um, And... Also, I don't know how high it was. I don't know how far away from it I was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's. I wish I could answer that question, and people have asked me before. But um, yeah. I'd say it was probably about the size of like a commercial airliner, like a Delta or a whatever American Airlines. But um, I can't be yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. That's a good reference, though. Um, and I'm sure in your experience you find a lot of commonalities with witness accounts and things like that, like just little things that you're like, oh, that sounds very similar to other stories. And that it kind of spooks me out because my husband and my friends and myself had a sighting, um, actually it was on a marsh in Connecticut a few summers ago. And it was, we didn't even think, cause you don't think, oh, UFO, when you see it, you're, you're not right. like, you're, you're like, what plane is that? You know, like, you're kind of like, oh, is that a drone? Like what is going on? And we had, uh, we saw lights over on the horizon 
uh, they moved in sync and it was just so spooky. We were playing wiffle ball actually. And we stopped, like everything stopped. Everything was silent. Like it felt like the woods went silent. The marsh went silent. Like the animals, like we, it, it just was silent. And we heard no engine, nothing. Like if it was a drone, you would hear something. If it was a helicopter, you would hear, you would hear something. And so the next day, so uh, there was a helicopter in the same area, which was really weird because there's nothing yeah. again we're in the middle of nowhere nothing flies and you could hear the helicopter so audibly you know like a helicopter um and the lights that we saw based on the distance and where the helicopter was uh were about the size of a helicopter not a drone but they were around the same area totally silent completely wow. silent and so and just you saying that is like i don't have the experience you have with stories and you know witness accounts but um, I do watch a lot of shows and I do listen to your podcast and stuff. And there are these commonalities <laughs> that are so eerie because it's like you and you don't think, oh, that was, oh, OK, there's the UFOs. It's just eerie is how I want to say it. And, and um, that story is really interesting. Uh, does your dad ever has you have you ever spoken to your dad about it since or does he uh, is he in, as yeah. interested as you? Um. No, <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, kind of after that night, we didn't talk about it. Um, God, probably not until he actually came to see the first ever lecture I gave in my hometown oh, in wow. upstate New York. Yeah, uh, you know, I kind of hit the ground running, like I said, first interview at age 13 with a Vietnam veteran who had a UFO sighting over the Pacific Ocean. Uh, which was crazy talking to this guy. Wow. Um, and then, like I said, since then, I've written uh, two books at this point on UFOs. Yeah. I've, I've uh, lectured all over the world about it as well um, and stuff like that. But my dad was never really interested in UFOs until a few years ago when this entire landscape of this conversation changed and yeah. you know this new york times article came out which yes. i i'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with mm -hmm. uh and that was kind of when ufos went mainstream like they've been, been such a fringe topic conspiracy theory sort of stuff for so long yeah. and ridiculed and um stigmatized and then boom like 2017 this new york times article comes out that says you know, the Pentagon investigated UFOs secretly. Um, they don't know what they are, uh, yeah. but they're real. And uh, that's, I think, when a lot of people, including my dad, really, their ears perked and they were like, okay, wow. Like everything yeah. Ryan's been doing for all these years, uh, at least we know he's not crazy. <laughs> and we also know that uh, it's a legitimate mystery, yeah. a, a legitimate question and, and issue. You know, like these things can be dangerous. They're like in our right. skies and the military and 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 whatnot don't know what they are. So, yeah, I think, you know, in the past few years is when I've been really able to sit down with my dad at the bar and have yeah. some beers and really kind of hash it out. And we have talked about that night and we're still no closer to an answer to what we saw. We probably never yeah. will be, but um, we're having those conversations and it's awesome talking to my dad about something other than baseball for once, yeah. to be completely honest. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, a, that's awesome. And that's cool that he acknowledged it. It's so funny because my mom 
when that article came out, because I've always been into this stuff, and my dad is into this stuff too. He like we just watch, you know, whatever documentary shows since I was a kid that are on TV. And uh, when that New York Times article came out, it's my mom called me and was like, "Oh, the UFOs! It's like a thing now." And she's never acknowledged it. You know, she's like, "Okay." whatever caitlin and her her husband my dad she's like just you know but that's pretty weird but the second that that article came out it was like oh yeah oh yeah well of course they're here oh let's talk about it from <laughs> right. people who normally you know didn't want to talk about it and it was a very fringe topic until then so that's that's interesting that you say that and that's cool that your dad now you know you guys can talk about it and acknowledge it in and, and a little frustrating, I'm sure that you know there is no answer uh, for anybody, you know. Yeah. But and it's interesting you say too that uh, it could be dangerous because my dad and I talk about that a lot because it's almost like you don't. We always say like on our podcast, we always say like unidentified in that we don't know what it is. Like if it's an adversary on Earth, or if it's like you know off planet, like another like something from space, but you almost want it to be something from space because if it were an adversary to us um, and they have that kind of technology that everybody's, you know, they were in big trouble. And then if it's something right. from space and they have that kind of technology, that's scary too. I mean. It is, you know, and I think that's what our uh, U.S. military and the Department of Defense are really looking at right yeah. now. I mean, right. they're opening a new office in the next year. Or so. I mean, it's it's established now, yeah. and they're working on getting the people to work there. And this is a unit of the Pentagon that's going to be investigating UFOs. Uh, yeah. This hasn't happened in over, gosh, like 40 years now with the original Project Blue Book, mm -hmm. which some of your listeners might be familiar with. That was the only time the U.S. government really investigated UFOs officially through yeah. the U.S. Air Force. And now, like, it's it's on the halls of Congress. There were congressional hearings about UFOs a few months ago. Uh, it's just, it's crazy how things have changed. And, and they are looking at it as a possible threat uh, when they don't know what it is. And it's not Russia. It's not China. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? Right. And clearly it's not Russia, as we're seeing in the right. landscape of the world today. Uh -huh. um, if, if it was, we would probably know by now. Mm -hmm. um, but they're also pretty sure it's not China either. So that doesn't leave many other options other than it's U.S. technology that they're not willing to admit to. Right. Or it's that something else. And that's the something else that keeps me going. Yeah, absolutely. I could literally talk to you about UFOs probably until tomorrow, like for hours. Because all your, all your knowledge, too, is just amazing and your experience. But... We will jump into movie club because you picked sure. an awesome movie for this this week. Before we do that, how can listeners follow uh, Somewhere in the Skies, find your books, support you, everything? Tell us what we need to know. Sure. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, everything I do can be found at uh, somewhereintheskies.com. Uh, I write articles. I do the podcast. Um I, I do. Oh, I, I, I never stop. I'm just like you. I live, breathe, sleep, never. everything. And um, 
Yeah, if people want to check me out, I'm also on uh, the Ancient Aliens television show on the History Channel. We have a new season premiering uh, in January, I believe. Uh, so you can catch me on there. And then you can also catch me on the CW network. I'm on a show called Mysteries Decoded, where uh, we go out and investigate everything. UFOs, Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, you can find updates on all of that stuff at my website, somewhereintheskies.com. So amazing. And on Instagram, it's Somewhere in the Skies pod, I think, right? Is that the handle? That's correct. Now that's not the Santa I know. What's wrong? Oh, I just have some very cool boys and girls on my list who are asking for a gift that is unique and out of this world. But I have no ideas whatsoever on what I'm going to leave them in their stockings. Well, have you checked out cultclassart.com? Cultclassart.com, you say, Sprinkles? That's right, Santa. Cultclassart.com features photorealistic digital artwork where otherworldly science fiction meets retro surrealism. And this unique artwork comes in fine art prints, NFTs, t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, blankets, and so many other awesome products that are sure to make all those cool kids on your list smile on Christmas morning. Well, cultclassart.com sounds perfect, Sprinkles. I just know the cool girls and boys are going to love those unique gifts. And, since it is your first time ordering Santa, make sure to sign up at cultclassart.com to get 10% off, too. Which is sure to save you some serious moolah this Christmas season. Thank you, Sprinkles. It is a true holiday miracle. You have saved Christmas. Now I am off to give my naughty list to Krampus. So you order everyone on that cool list something from cultclassart.com, and I will pick it up. Yes, sir, Santa. Oh, and Sprinkles, be sure to order yourself something amazing from cultclassart.com. Consider it a thank you for saving Christmas. Thank you, sir. And it is truly a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to go to cultclassart.com now and enter CHILLING at checkout to get 10% off today. That's C-H-I-L-L-I-N. CHILLING. See you there, and happy holidays. Welcome to the Movie Club. A group of people was expecting to hear a fantastic tale, but Juan broke down. What happened? What did he encounter? Speaking to witnesses like Juan, the phenomenon could not fit in the four-dimensional physics that we use every day. So this week's movie club pick was Witness of Another World, uh, which Ryan picked. It was, I'd never seen it. And I don't know why I've never seen it. I don't know if it even plays on TV or what. Like, I feel like I'm so in tune with alien sci-fi documentaries like that. Like, they come out and they're so sparing in a way. Like, that one was so, it was so good. 
that I'm shocked that I, I've never even heard that story. Thank you for introducing us to the film and to that story. And for anybody who hadn't seen it, uh, it's just a beautiful film. Juan's story is, it's beautiful, it's heartbreaking, it's filmed really beautifully. It's, it's like heartwarming and sad and a little scary. I just really enjoyed it, so thank you. And uh, I, I would love to know why you picked it and what you think of Juan's story and what this film, like its significance to you. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I'm so happy you enjoyed it. Again, it was kind of a, a documentary that went under the radar for a lot of people, yeah. um, especially in the UFO community. Um, you know, there's a lot of these really uh, sensational, scary alien abduction documentaries out there that make it all look so like sci-fi monster-esque and um yeah. and look like these experiences if they are real that people allege to have happened to them um can be very scary and traumatic mm -hmm. uh but i think what we saw in this film was completely different it was um it was made by a gentleman named Alan Stiebelman, who I actually had the amazing opportunity to interview on the podcast about the film. And um, I remember when I I got like a an advanced copy of it because okay. they wanted me to review it. And I I get sent those sorts of things all the time. And some I just like, I sit through it and I'm just like, oh my God, this is so bad. <laughs> yeah. Or so like- Wild. Um, yeah, wild. But the minute this film started, it was so beautifully shot mm -hmm. and so different from like any documentary I'd really seen on this topic of alien abduction. Yeah. And the main person you mentioned, Juan, uh, just such a lonely man mm -hmm. who's trying to find answers to what he believes was a close encounter with extraterrestrials when he was yeah. a child. Uh, I mean, to the point where they tried to put him in front of cameras, in front of, uh, you know, the news in Argentina, where he's from, and uh, tell a story. And a minute in, he just broke down and couldn't do it. Mm. And it just traumatized him for the rest of his life, to the point where he moved out to a farm and never spoke to anyone again about it, until this filmmaker, Alan, reached out to him and... Uh, struck up a friendship and and then this this film came to be and yeah. I just love it as someone who um, I'm a playwright when I'm not doing UFOs mm -hmm. so I'm all about people and characters and uh, how events in their lives change them yeah and this film was clearly that and it just resonated with me on so many different levels and um, and yeah, yeah. I, I remember the first time I watched it, I um, actually broke down a couple times, which oh, I can tell you right now, it's never happened when I've watched a UFO abduction film. Right. I Well, it's a very emotional film. That's what I, you know, that's my takeaway from it. And even the way they visually portray his encounter is really artistic, creative, beautiful the stars that they depict like at one point they kind of zoom into the stars and then they kind of have a universe uh, like a galaxy that kind of looks like a heart there's just a lot of really beautiful visuals in it aesthetically um, it was just gorgeous and i 
you know, as someone who creates art, I that's why I really wanted to recommend it yeah. to you because I just remember looking at the film and sort of the um, the gradients they used and everything. Yes, it was just so unique and again mm-hmm. unlike any film I'd seen on this topic before. So. Yeah, aesthetically, just beautifully shot. And I'd never seen anything else from this filmmaker. So this introduction to his work has like led me down a rabbit hole to try to watch all of his films. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's what I have to look more up. That's what I was going to say about the the portrayal of his encounter, too, is that uh, they portray them as sort of interdimensional beings and sort of this like ethereal, it has this very ethereal presence that is different like you said there isn't when you watch documentaries like this is a big green alien with a big you know uh head and maybe they're like scary or um the ufo is a flying saucer and it's but they talk about his grandpa and pulling these beautiful visuals of like his memories his life his uh relatives and then his heritage I think it's more true to, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, like, I don't know what aliens are. I don't know what UFOs are. But in my mind, it's more true to what might be um, because there is uh, certain beauty in the world that I think when you watch sci-fi movies and if, like, aliens are our creators or I don't know, whatever, uh, they don't really portray it as as I think that it would be portrayed. I think there's a lot that we don't understand. And um, when we talk about ghosts on this show and paranormal, like uh, parallel dimensions, there's just more depth than I think some sci-fi documentary, or I shouldn't say sci-fi, but uh, alien UFO documentaries uh, touch on. And so this film really like delves into like it's more cerebral. It's like whoa! Like it's one thing I can comprehend a UFO and a little green man walking out of it. It's like oh okay, that's what's happening. I mean, it can't like we talked about, but it's okay. I've seen that a million times. But if we're gonna delve into clairvoyance and what your dreams mean and why do we dream and this tortured boy now man and like where we go when we die and again parallel universes i always talk about that and the concept of time i mean that those are big topics that this film really tries to tackle or like kind of touches on and it's it's so much more than a lot of the a lot of the films that i've ever seen about abduction stories especially or an abduction and encounter stories not just sightings but you know yeah and you know you bring up a good point, this idea of, I think, the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big thing in this film. And that's actually a big thing in the realm of alien abductions, too. So many people that I've spoken to who have claimed these experiences yeah. uh, have said that when they were aboard a craft or they were taken somewhere outside of where they were, yeah. uh, that they do see loved ones who have passed on. I mean, I, I spoke to Whitley Strieber, uh, the gentleman who wrote the famous book Communion. Yes, you know, I saw the, that. Yeah, the alien on the front of the cover. And um, he lost his wife uh, a few years ago now and was yeah. completely broken by the experience. Um, but he also is acclaimed alien abductee and yes. calls them the visitors. And the reason he doesn't call them aliens is because he doesn't know if they're extraterrestrial. He doesn't know where they come from. He just yeah. knows they're visiting. And he also believes they have something to do with 
the afterlife. He, he knows that his wife, who passed on, is in communication with these visitors, and they're coming back to, uh, to communicate with Whitley. Again, like this is going really out there, I'm sure, for a lot of skeptics out there. Yeah, but yeah. these these are kind of the heavy, heady, weighty yes. things that you see in this film and yes. um, and stories that are out there. So I thought they did a good job. Yeah, I thought they did a great job. And um, and last episode, actually, it's so funny uh, you couldn't have picked a better film because our last episode we talked to uh, James, my friend James, and we were talking about his dreams predicting the future sort of he has sort of just this odd uh experience where he's sort of dreamed some things that have come to fruition and uh this film talks about that which you didn't even know i mean oh wow i don't you didn't i hadn't released that episode talking to james when you had picked this film but they go hand in hand and those are the heady i mean it is heady it is uh to me again it's i don't want to say they're the biggest questions but where do we go when we die what you know can we imagine aliens beyond just another form like us on another planet i mean i think our minds can only comprehend so much and it's it's mind-blowing if you really try to think about it so you don't try to think about it too much maybe (laughs) You know, that's interesting that you say that about Whitley Schreiber, because I saw you had an interview with him. I I listened to it. And um, yeah, I mean, the concept of having aliens as uh, visitors rather than, you know, um, like like saying he doesn't know what they are, because it it seems simple to say sometimes, oh, it's just another craft like our like an advanced airplane, basically Mm -hmm. coming across space. And they're just people like beings kind of like us, but different. It's like. Maybe there's so much more. Maybe there's such a bigger picture. Um, and those are big questions. I think the question of aliens is a big question. And it's a bigger question into like, what is everything else? You know, what is the universe? What is the world? And uh, again, we, you know, we've just said this film does that very beautifully, but it's funny because we were talking about this last week on this podcast. And um, I mean, I don't know, but those are d- deep questions, and uh, it's fun to see a UFO or alien film that really expands beyond, you know, the normal mainstream take on things. Because I think that there's a lot to expand upon. I don't think, I mean, I'm sh- like you're saying, you've interviewed a lot of people that maybe it does involve the afterlife, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Well, and I think that's what's good about this film. It leaves you yeah. with a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, if we had answers to what happened to Juan, um, it wouldn't be as impactful because he's still on that journey to find answers to what happened. Yeah. As hundreds of thousands of people around the world are, too, after they've seen a UFO or yeah. claimed close encounters or had a paranormal experience. You know, I always tell people, for me, they always ask me, like, do you, what would you do if you got the answers to what UFOs are? Like, yeah what would you do after that? And I'm like, well, that's just the beginning. There's a million questions after that, you know? Right. That's what, and I also yeah. don't think I'd be happy with the answer, no matter what it was, because I don't personally think UFOs represent one thing. Yes. I think they're everything. I think they're life. I think they're death. I think they're aliens. I think they're mm. interdimensional. I think they're mm-hmm. time travelers from the future. Um, yep. I don't think there's one answer that can explain this deeply mysterious phenomena that's been happening since the dawn of time to be completely honest yes i don't know and 
this film does such a good way of capturing that and and the cultural perspective too like this is in Argentina yeah and Juan comes from a lineage of people who have a very deep rooted belief system and mm -hmm. um, I think that plays into it too how you perceive these things maybe it was alien but to Juan maybe it was something different or to his people maybe it was something different uh, that's always fascinated me too like these these things can take on so many different forms. They're very amorphous yeah. in a sense, and it really is the lens in which you choose to view the phenomenon you're experiencing. Absolutely, and that's I like that you said it, it's deeply mysterious, and there's a there there has to be a lot of answers. If, if if yeah, a UFO. If I got one answer, it would still be like okay. Then what's eight million other things? You know, right. and in this in this film too, just with his ancestors. I really enjoyed that because I think sometimes people like to think certain civilizations are simpler or like more primitive than we are. And their take on all of this is so accepting and uh, beautiful. And I feel like a lot of times in modern society, we sort of shut out this idea that maybe we just don't know everything. And maybe there is a parent, you know, it isn't, we talk about mainstream versus not mainstream. And um, we were just saying that with UFOs and the New York Times article. And like in these like communities, they just accept these unknown things. Like this is the world. This is what we live in. It's not odd. It just is what it is. And that's a beautiful take on things that I think that's a more advanced take almost than a lot of modern beliefs of what UFOs are. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. It's a given to them. You know, it, it's yeah, where I think. Right. A lot in the Western world and Western society or even religion like we won't mm -hmm. really go down I know that can be controversial but like yeah. it's not widely accepted that these beings from elsewhere are just around but yeah. you talk to any Native American uh, in in America or indigenous people throughout the world and they will flat out tell you like yeah we've had these stories forever they're part of our creation stories uh yeah. we are we come from the stars like we weren't we weren't we didn't come out from the earth we were yeah. literally seated here from elsewhere we are the aliens to our own planet and so such a way of looking at it so um i think that's fascinating too i think we really limit ourselves yes. when we when we think it's just aliens or or not so uh, yeah, yeah. Again, such so many questions with this film. That's why I love it. <laughs> yep, I loved it. I I have so much to think about. Um, again, so emotional, and it was such a great pick. So thank you so much. Uh, yeah, my pleasure. Introducing us to it, and I probably will watch it again. <laughs> like, see, yeah. Just because I I was like, whoa, what I was I was like, oh, this is where we're going. You really just go on a journey. And again, the uh, aesthetics are probably my favorite part of the whole film because of who I am. But that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that fits. But um, thank you so much for such an awesome pick. Of course. You can show your support for this podcast by visiting chillinwithcultclass.com and follow on Instagram at chillinwithcult.class. Also, remember to follow Caitlin's out-of-this-world art at cult.class on Instagram.
questions for you, Ryan. First question is, what is your favorite historical UFO or paranormal event and why? Like, so, you know, that supposedly happened or did happen. You yeah. know, an example would be Roswell, the crash at Roswell, maybe, or something else. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, I definitely have those cases that I kind of hold up to very, you know, high standards. And uh, yeah. for me, the one that really stands out is a case that happened in 1980 in mm-hmm. England. Uh, it is widely known as the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident. And uh, this happened back during the height of the Cold War. Uh, there were two joint military bases in Suffolk, England, uh, RAF Woodbridge and Bentwaters. And between these two bases was this long stretch of woods called Rendlesham Forest. Really deeply rooted in like weird witchcraft and um, mm. supernatural stuff happening in these woods. Uh, So yeah, pretty cool place. And um, in 1980, the radar operators at one of these bases started tracking an unknown object coming towards the base. So they go into high alert. They're like, oh my God, Cold War. Like we're being attacked. This is it. Like the world is about to end sort of scenario. Um, So what ends up happening is they get all of the people on the bases at the time and this is right around christmas time actually so the base was pretty low on personnel which was a little scary too uh suddenly all of a sudden like these bases are being invaded and there's like 15 percent of the people that should be there there oh Um, no okay and they were housing nuclear ordnance on the base against treaty the united states had nuclear weapons on this base i i should explain that Americans were working at the base with England okay. uh, in case something did happen. Yeah. And uh, America had snuck in a ton of nuclear weapons, a, 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 what was completely against treaty at the time. Oh, my Crazy. gosh. Okay. Um, so what ends up happening is they send all this personnel out into the woods to see what this object was that eventually landed in the forest. And um, many of them, some 40 years later, came forward to talk about this event. And what they saw was a triangular craft, very similar to what I saw, yeah. land in the forest. When it was in the forest, right before it landed, it shot these beams down at the bunkers where the nuclear weapons were being stored and literally shut them down. So it was just insane. Um, the base commander at the time who also went out to investigate, actually recorded, like had a tape recorder and was doing a play-by-play of what was happening. And that tape is actually available to the public. You can go like on YouTube right now and hear this base commander telling it as it's happening. Whoa. It's it's insane. Um, Just type in like, I think it's called the, the Halt tape, Colonel Halt tape UFO, something like that. Um, it should pop up. I'd be happy to send links as well. Um, so crazy. All these guys Whoa. and women in service are out there looking at this UFO. It eventually, you know, takes back off and disappears out of sight. Yeah. And everyone on base was interrogated about what happened. They were threatened to be silent about it and never talk about it. And then all of them were shipped off around the world so that they didn't talk about what happened or get it out to the public. And for almost 30 years, it remained a complete cover-up until one 
person, one whistleblower came forward to say, I was there and this is what happened. And then after that, the floodgates opened and a ton of people there started talking about it. And this is all documented. Like this is official files. These are in memos. These are in the form of the audio tape and the testimony of, at this point, dozens of people who were there when it happened. So that is by far one of my favorite cases because of the credibility, uh, the the testimony, uh, the trained observers involved. And uh, it's scary. It's terrifying if you think about it. This was an invasion on a military base during the height of the Cold War. And we still don't know what it was that landed in the forest. Wow. And tell me the name of it again. Rendlesham Forest. Okay. I've never I've never heard of this, I don't think. Yeah, Not that doesn't really mean a ton because I'm sure there's stuff on <laughs> it. I just personally have never heard of it. That is crazy. And then um I'm curious to know when you've done all your interviews and all your research Do you see, when we talk about commonalities, have you seen that nuclear weapons and military bases are a trend among UFO sightings? Because I have heard that before, and I'm just curious to know if that's something that you've seen. Yes, uh, to a very alarming extent. Uh, I actually interviewed a gentleman named Robert Salas, who was a Minuteman missile, uh, like, captain. Um, And back in the 70s, he was involved with an incident where a UFO came over their nuclear installation and shut all of their weapons down. Uh, it, it was terrifying for him. And again, like this is another situation where they thought the world is about to end. And um, crazy, um, crazy, crazy. And that's one of hundreds of cases yeah. around the world where these things have happened. Um, most of the time, it's UFOs shutting them down. Uh, one time in Germany, they actually turned them on and put them into launch mode. So, no way. what is going on? Wait, I, I, what? Yeah, yeah. They were able to contain it and, um, and figure it out. But again, this was because of some sort of anomaly above this base in Germany. Uh, I believe it was at, um, might have been Rammstein. I could be wrong about that. Okay. Uh, but they actually turned them on. So I, I don't know what it is, but um, if I were to venture a guess, it's whatever these phenomena are telling us, stop messing with this nuclear stuff. Yeah. Like, you're little kids with a match, and you don't know the impact of what you're, you're actually going to do someday. Yeah. And, you know, their, their message has clearly gone unlistened to by militaries yeah. throughout the world. So, I, I don't know. It, it's crazy. That is crazy. That's, I, I have heard that that's a trend like i said and uh i've never heard of them turning them on or off so that's wild um i have heard a theory that because you said maybe time travelers that they could be our future selves coming back trying to save the earth i don't know if you have any opinion on that but i'm just throwing it out there in case you i love that theory um I should add, one of the gentlemen involved with that Rendlesham Forest incident, when that craft landed in the forest, he got so close he was able to touch it. And when he touched the craft, he claims, and again, like this is one man's testimony, Mm -hmm. um, nothing to really back it up, but he did say when he touched the craft, he got like this weird mental download. And it was from whatever intelligence either piloted that craft or was 
the intelligence behind it. Yeah. Maybe there was no one in it. Maybe it was what we would consider a probe or a drone sent there. Um, right. But he said that whatever this intelligence was told him in so many respects, we are you from the future and we're here to warn you to stop. Stop with the nuclear weapons. So, again, no way. one guy kind of claimed this, but um, that was what he said they told him. And... I mean, look, we're getting closer and closer to understanding, you know, quantum physics and and all this crazy stuff out there. Yeah. So is time travel possible? Uh, we might be getting closer to answering that question. So yeah. I, I think it's cool. I, I think it's just as viable as yeah. anything else, to be completely honest. Yeah, well, that's what when we're talking about the real questions, I mean, those are the real questions. Like, it is just as viable. I mean, what is anything? I mean, it is just as viable. And then um, that makes me think of the aerial school incident um, where the children saw the craft and they saw a creature supposedly come out of the craft and speak to them telepathically. Uh, A very pro-environment message is what I remember is that they, they were very like, protect the environment you know, love the earth kind of thing. And hippie so aliens, yep. <laughs> hippie aliens. Yeah, in a all, good way. They seem to be hippie aliens. So which is a similar, you know, anti nuclear war message. And yeah. um the, what if they are just coming back and telling us to protect uh Earth? That is that's I have to look that up. Is there a documentary or have you done an episode on that specific incident yes uh i have interviewed several of the witnesses directly involved uh i've interviewed the base commander uh there's several books written about the incident yeah and i should mention um i'm writing a play about the incident (laughs) wait that's awesome like a like a just reliving the incident or is it fictionalized in any way or it, to I mean extent, obviously it's you know, maybe a little fictionalized but yeah artistic liberty at its finest but um no I I worked directly with one of the witnesses to the case uh and I created a one-man show uh that premiered in New York City and has become one of my most popular plays to date uh it's had productions all over the country um it was done in England, it was done in Italy, um, and now it's like a 10-minute play, um, wow. but I'm expanding it into a feature, like a feature film and a full-length play, wow. and uh, it's been a crazy journey. It's something that constantly is developing, probably take me years to actually finish it, but um, but yeah, there is a stage play about a UFO incident. I, I, I don't know if I'm one of the first to do it, but but it's there. It's there. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think you're tapping into a market there. My like I my business so, yeah. brain is like maybe you're 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 <laughs> touching on something that really doesn't have isn't overdone. It hasn't been done at all. Are you the first person? Um, yeah, I don't know. know. I'd have to really dig. Is there a place where uh, the shorter version is anywhere? Yes, actually, um, I did a, during COVID, um, there was a play festival in my hometown of Syracuse, New York, that they did virtually. Um, they streamed all of these plays that playwrights had written and premiered them. And uh, my play, which is called In a Forest, 
was actually one of them. So they actually filmed a, a version of it. So um, I, I'd highly suggest your, your watchers or listeners um, go to my YouTube channel. I actually have it on there. And okay. um, they could find it there if they go to my YouTube channel, just Ryan Sprague, um, and search for In a Forest, it's called. It should pop up. And uh, you can watch the 10-minute the one-man play. In a Forest is also a great title, side note. Just putting that out oh, there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> great title. Simple, interesting. Makes me want to Leave know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> cool. We'll check that out. Yeah. Now I now I have all these things I have to research. Now you're just you're just such a wealth of information. This is so cool. All right, I have another question for you. Now this is kind of a different question. I've been asking every guest this: if you could experience one paranormal event in your life, what would it be? And like definitively experience it. So whether it's encountering um, like a ghost encounter, seeing Bigfoot, seeing Nessie. Uh, being abducted, something else that I'm not thinking of, Mothman, I don't know, whatever. Something that you could experience, absolutely, what would it be? Well, being as I'm in Scotland, I guess I have to say Loch Ness Monster. I have been to the Loch once now, didn't see anything. Um, Still one of the coolest, creepiest places I've ever been. Um, But... Honestly, for me, I and I have had several weird supernatural experiences. I don't want to be abducted. <laughs> that yeah, is definitely well, out of the question. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think, yeah, I'm going to stick with uh, Loch Ness Monster. I would love to know that there's still things out there, you know, yeah. whether it's a mammal or, or aquatic or, or whatnot that we don't know about or is a missing link of some sort or has gone undetected for so long. So yeah, I think I, some sort of sea creature I, I'd love to figure out, you know, I had my UFO sighting over a river while fishing. I would love to have another body of water, weird experience and find a sea creature of some sort. Yeah. You gotta stay in the theme too. You know, it's like, right. Yeah. Right. Gotta stay in the water theme. I like that. Keep it on but water. Yeah. Keep it with water. Uh, Nessie would be so cool. And is it creepy? Mm. I mean, I've never been to Loch Ness. Um, is it kind of an eerie place? Oh, yeah. I mean, the min- it's gorgeous. Like, it's just as clear as can be. But then you've got the, you know, the fogs that roll in over the water. Um, and it's deathly quiet. Mm. Um, I mean, granted, like, there's boats that'll bring you out to look for the monster and stuff it can be a little touristy and kitschy sometimes okay but um when i went i waited for all the boats to disappear um you can go right down to the water like to the edge and touch it and you're just looking out there and wondering like what could be out there and um if anything it was just a beautiful serene journey it's about seven hours from where i live in scotland so i got to go through the highlands and just see how amazingly beautiful this untapped territory is here in the uk and yeah creepy is a good word but um beautiful would definitely be the the second word i'd use to describe it yeah so cool that that's a great choice that would be awesome (laughs) 
Bessie would be great. And our last guest said a ghost. So it's like if everybody does one different thing, like I'm not going to spoil it for the future guests, but if everybody would just do one thing that we could all combine our stories and our knowledge, yep. you know? But, That's your breakfast club, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you'll you'll be Loch Ness. You'll be the Loch Ness expert. So Done. that's awesome. Okay, I have one more question. Do you have a strange story that you would be willing to share with us? Yes. Um, I think I alluded to it, so I apologize. I got ahead of you. Um, no, no. I have. Perfect. It's super weird. I was speaking at a UFO conference in um, Nova Scotia. In Canada. Oh, cool. Okay. And I'd never been there, so it was super cool to finally go there. And um, the head of this conference that wanted me to come speak, he hosted a ghost hunt uh, at a local haunted museum in, in Nova Scotia. So it was like me and a few other of these UFO people who were going to a ghost hunt. So we were kind of like, you know, ooh, this will be fun. Yeah. Um, we're kind of imagining like, Zach Baggins from like Ghost Adventures, like going in and being like, come at me, come at me, ghost, yeah. come on, you know? So we were kind of making light of the situation when we got there, which might have been disrespectful, but um, that changed very quickly. Um, there, there was in this museum, there was an activity room, they called it. So this is where like the kids would go and play while the parents went and looked at the museum. Okay. And that night we were there, there was maybe like 10 people or so, and all the lights were off and people were walking through different rooms with their little like, whatever gadgets they used to okay. try to detect ghosts and everything. And I was in this one room, the activity room with like four other people. And we start using this thing called the spirit box, which is um, this little box that kind of, um, it sweeps through radio signals at like god maybe one second per station or like wavelength or whatever so all you're hearing is like the bombardment of different radio stations constantly uh so you should never hear anything straight through like a radio broadcast or anything and a lot of people in that world of the paranormal think that this is the way that spirits might communicate so um we're going through with the spirit box and all of a sudden, we get the sound of a child, as we perceived it, whimpering. And it was constant. It was constant. So, like, that should, first of all, that shouldn't have happened. Right. It's going through one second, but we're getting a perfect, straight through crying of a kid. And some people are like, oh my God. I was still a little skeptical. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, maybe they set up this machine to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Sure, you, you, right. you just, everything starts going through your head. And the person with the box is like, oh, it's a child and they're scared. Let's, let's get down to their level and tell them, like, it's safe. We just want to talk to them. So I play along. I'm like, okay. So yeah. we all sit down in this dark room and um, start trying to talk to the kid. And nothing's really happening, nothing's really happening. It's dead quiet in the room. And then I'm sitting in a back corner, kind of just observing, listening, whatnot. And I can't really describe what happened other than I was sitting cross-legged and I felt a huge weight sit in my lap, like my knees hit the ground. And I felt fingers on the back of my neck. Oh, stop. 
clasp and go around my neck, the back of my neck. And I like just reared back. I hit my head on a plank of wood. Um, It was just like, it was a whole thing. And I was just, I didn't know what to do. Like I'd never experienced anything like that. And I felt the weight come off of my, my, my lap and like a cold rush, like someone had just ran away or something. So. <laughs> Whoa. I, I want to say that was it, but then I looked in the doorway and my buddy of mine, his name is Greg Bishop. He's a UFO researcher, also super skeptical of like ghosts and stuff. Okay. I see him in the doorway, like turn and like kind of go up against the door. Yeah. And I, I get up and I'm like, why did you do that? I didn't tell him anything about what had just happened to me. Yeah. I'm like, just tell me why you did that in that moment right then. And all he said was, I don't know. I just knew I had to get out of the way of something and let it by. So that was kind of it. I, <laughs> oh. I think it was a child who sat yeah. on my lap and okay. like hugged me and then got up and ran out of the room. And the fact that that happened to him and then that happened to me, it was crazy. Like, it wasn't about hearing anything or seeing anything. It was literally like a physical presence or energy that I felt. And it very well could have been that child that was whimpering. I I don't know. But Yeah. yeah, scared the hell out of me. I just remember I ran out of the museum and all I wanted was to fly back to the States at that point and like hug my mom I was so scared that totally spooked you oh totally and again like I'd never had a really paranormal or supernatural experience I was a UFO guy so it kind of it opened me up I'm like wow there's more than just flying saucers in our skies there's crazy stuff happening right here on earth too so yeah yeah I'll I'll never forget it yeah oh that gives me chills that's creepy. <laughs> Me too, still. Oh, and it gave you like, it like put its arms around you. Yeah. Yeah, in a playful way. Like, I don't, I don't think it was anything malevolent or, or yeah. anything. It did feel like a kid, like, just sat down, hugged me and was like, bye, oh. nice to meet you. Um, very non-threatening. But yeah, I mean, again, it shifted my reality in that moment and just kind of left me completely shaken. But I like to think it was just a little kid having fun in this activity room. That, that's yeah. that's how I look at it. It sounds like it, but that's that gets so... me through the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just whatever. That's perfect. That's we'll, yeah. we'll go with that. Oh we'll go with that. Oh my goodness! So you felt the weight of like like if it were a real kid sitting in your lap, yeah. except for everything felt. Time. Yep, felt as visceral as if like a kid had actually like sat in my lap. And like I said, my legs hit the ground. I wasn't tired. I wasn't like nothing like that. It just all of a sudden thumped. I just like, what the hell? And yeah, yeah, it was all physical. Like, again, wasn't about seeing or or hearing. It was literally how I felt. And um, yeah, those are the most vivid memories I have of my UFO sighting too. What I felt that night instead of what I saw. So that's, um, thank you for sharing that. That's, we were talking last episode about how um, there's a lot tied to maybe ghost uh, encounters or UFO sightings, a lot more emotion. We were saying 
uh, you watch Ghost Hunters maybe, and not Ghost Hunters show, like any ghost hunting show, or even the documentaries we're talking about with UFO sightings and, <laughs> and all of that. But until you feel something, it really doesn't mean anything. I mean, there's so much emotion and feeling tied to, I feel like, a, a lot of the encounters of people you interview, um, the encounter that you're talking about. And I think a lot of people who are enthusiastic about this stuff are probably enthusiastic because they felt these things and it's like something you can't really explain until you feel it. like how you said you were like making you know not making fun of it but like having fun with it until you wanted to run out of there cry you yeah. know not cry but totally spooked to go home that's it's special and it's hard to describe and, and thank you for sharing and I think that's a very common thing among the things we're talking about is just those feelings and emotions that and then just something it's that, deeply personal and I think yes, that's kind of what I've come to understand about these phenomena is it's for you, that experience. Yes. You know, everyone always asks, like, why didn't you get a picture of the UFO? Come on. Or like, why didn't you, why didn't you like yell for someone to come see this with you? And yeah. so many people tell me, I just wanted to live in the moment. And I felt like it was for me. And I wasn't thinking about capturing this to put on YouTube or Instagram or something like yeah. this was for you in that moment. And I think these things put us back in our feet and into mm. the immediate present more than anything. And maybe that's all they want is to be yeah. like, stop scrolling, stop, you know, watching the office for the millionth time and like go yeah. outside and look up. And yeah. you'll be surprised what you might see. And I think that's them kind of being slapping you in the face and being like, we're here. If you're ready to listen, we'll talk to you. Yes. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I th That's like the best way to say it. That's a perfect way to say it. And I think uh, there's so much magic around us. Maybe that's it. I mean, definition of magic, I don't know. I mean, maybe we don't want to know the answers to the things we're talking about or whatever, but... Yeah. Uh, you're never going to know these things if you are sitting and watching The Office 24-7 or scrolling <laughs> on your phone or shopping on Amazon or whatever. Though I like doing all of those things. Oh, so <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no slight on any of those things. speaking I, right here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I love them all. But there are things to experience in this world that we don't know. And, uh, and there are feelings and emotions that are tied to them that I think are, are deeper than we understand Thank you so much for sharing that. That is such a wild story. And it's, and I, I think accounts like that, it is. It's just something you can't, it's not like you can say, oh, uh, it felt exactly like this, or I took a picture. You know, pictures don't do it justice, recordings don't really do it justice. Like when you watch the really? ghost hunting shows and things like that, you're like, oh, I don't know. You know, while you're scrolling on Amazon, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. You know, it's, uh, right. It's, it's an experience. It's just experiences. Yeah. And um, that's a really incredible one. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So thank you so much, Ryan, for taking the time to talk to me today. My and pleasure. This has been so awesome. I uh, could literally talk to you about UFOs forever. So hopefully <laughs> maybe we could have you again on the show. Uh, and we could delve deeper into other UFO stuff. And thank you just so much for taking the time today. Absolute pleasure. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. So, uh, no, I, I could talk this stuff forever. So you let me know and um, I'll take you down some more rabbit holes for sure. <laughs>
please thank you and also the feeling is mutual your work is awesome it's amazing and please one more time tell us how we can support somewhere in the skies and follow you oh sure thank you um Everything I do is at somewhereintheskies.com, and I'm on Instagram as well at somewhereskiespod. And yeah, I do the podcast every Monday, so you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And um, yeah, look for me on TV when you're not watching The Office. I might pop up on some of these UFO shows too. That, that's that's TV worth watching. Watch Ryan on <laughs> Ancient Aliens, and what's the CW show? Uh, it's called Mysteries Decoded. Mysteries Decoded. You can show your support for this podcast by visiting chillinwithcultclass.com and follow on Instagram at chillinwithcult.class. Also, remember to follow Caitlin's out-of-this-world art at cult.class on Instagram. Follow me. If you will, to a magical town where it is always Halloween, thanks to a witch's curse. <laughs> a town where leaves and escaped pages of the local Sentinel newspaper blow in the wind. A town where a distant radio can be heard playing 96.6 WOLF on its sinister speakers. A town where TV sets are tuned to cable access channel 20 WARY to watch the Monster Channel. In a town where the mayor has been serving his creepy citizens for 355 years now. This is sundown, so please come visit us and stay forever. Place you'll ever need all Halloween all the time.